1: Hey y'all, this is Josiah Gray and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoyed today's episode.
2: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. And yes, once again, it is a very special episode, but not for the reasons you think. We don't have a guest on today's episode. There isn't some sort of breaking news. No, the gnats weren't sold, unfortunately. But it is a special episode because for the first time, not only in 2023, but probably for like the past six months, uh, we are all together doing a normal episode. I am joined by Ryan and Amanda both. You can follow them on Twitter at a white 7877 and at we are all shack and of course follow the show at half street high heat guys what's going on it's been a minute
3: yes it has been a minute very special indeed gearing up for spring training as uh disappointing as it's likely to be it's still baseball and baseball is better than no baseball
2: uh the nats might put that to the test this year <laughs> but we'll see Brian what's going on with you
4: yeah, you know, glad glad the gang's back. I miss everyone, you know. Every every time we've had a third person lately, it's just it's just been an interview. Pitchers and catchers report in a week. So that's kind of exciting. I mean, spring's around the corner. Screw the groundhog. I go by when pitchers and catchers report.
3: <laughs> yeah. If they report and see their shadow, is that?
2: Then they're out for the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well,
3: it's Florida. There's plenty of sun. They're definitely going to see their shadow. <laughs>
2: so. Oh, man. Um, but just kind of some general overview on the show. So obviously we're back. We're going to be you know, as consistent as we can be with the State of the Nats, but we definitely plan on having at least weekly episodes, maybe a special episode here and there. And obviously all your interviews and stuff like that. Trey has been killing it on YouTube. Obviously, you've hopefully listened to some of our top 10 episodes we'll do top 10 Second Basement either later this week or next week. Um, and he's posting the videos on YouTube, which are chef's kiss, uh, as far as editing and production and all that stuff. So be sure to go check out our YouTube and Monty still Mm. running the site. Monty's still around. No, those Monty stands. Don't you worry. Monty's still very much part of the part of the show. Um, we're obviously as a whole production gearing up for spring training that includes this site as well as the podcast. So be sure to check out halfstreethighheat.com. Matt just posted an article today. Um, we brought on six six new writers, um, and that is in an effort to give you great content, but also give you great daily content as well, and you know just kind of make it an all-hands-on-deck type effort and keep the the content pumping. We've kind of now have departments, so obviously you'll still get your Nats coverage, but we're going to expand into college baseball and prospects in minor leagues as well, which is uh, a big goal of ours for the past year or so. Um, and Monty will still be doing the amateur update show as well, so we're all posting it to this feed, so if you see a new episode, it might actually be a new episode of the amateur update, but I still encourage you to give that a listen, because especially the state of the Nats now, and with the second overall pick in this year's draft, the amateur update is going to be more important than ever uh, for fans to get to know these young guys and kind of the state of the farm and, and whatnot, so fully encourage you guys to check that out, and then Myself and Ryan Amanda will be joining me as well. We have taken over district on deck as well. Taken over kind of sounds like a tyranny or something, but beginning um, of our
3: world domination. Yeah, exactly. exactly Little by
2: little we are taking over (laughs) the world. Um, No, but uh, I am running district on deck now with a whole different staff of writers and Amanda and Ryan will be joining me, but that that's an extension of what we're doing. It's not replacing anything. Um, So, bunch of different Nats content coming at you all different ways so be sure to follow us everywhere because uh yeah we are taking over that that wasn't a joke Uh, (laughs) um but yeah so that was just a little bit of housekeeping since it it has been a little bit since we've done an official episode with the three of us and kind of addressed the state state of the union address and and stuff like that um but obviously timely yeah. yeah
3: timely indeed it's like yeah. 9 p.m on tuesday as we're yeah. as we speak so it's I mean, state of the union time
2: i i, I haven't missed a beat <laughs> i've been doing this for the past six months who, who know <laughs> um but anyways so l- let's just talk off season obviously pitchers and catchers report in a week we've had three months of the off season the Nats, to their credit have been active if you leave it open ended like that, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> if you dive into the details, obviously none of the moves in and of themselves move the needle. Uh, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the offseason as a whole. Um, you know, they've added probably six, seven, eight free agents. Again, none necessarily move mm-hmm. the needle, but with a team that had a lot of holes to begin with, it's nice to see them doing something.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, it- Definitely don't want to be too negative. They are active and they're trying to do things. Obviously, they're working within a much different budget um, with the state of the sale. And we'll get into the details on that a little bit, of course. But with the state of the sale very much in flux and maybe not happening, obvious. it seems obvious to me that the learners are not trying to spend a lot of money. In fact, there was an article from, was it Zuckerman, maybe? Um, I think there was, it was today, um, that their opening day payroll won't even be $100 million. Oh, yeah,
2: so. that one was Zuckerman. Yeah, and sixty yeah. percent of it's obviously dedicated to Strasbourg, and right,
3: which McCoy. is it just actually might
2: be more is dedicated to them. So it might yeah, be it more. was
3: yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean, it's and, and you figure they're still you know they're still paying some of those deferred contracts too, like Max and and other guys. So and Rafael
2: Soriano of all people,
3: <laughs> I don't that one hurts more than Max somehow. At least Max was worth it, but yeah. So it's 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 a tough. It's been a tough off season. I mean, they they are making some moves to try to you know fill in the holes and they're not just completely punting and phoning it in, but you know, this is going to be, if not the worst team in baseball, pretty close. Um, You know, it's going to be, I think back to that interview that we did with Bob recently where Bob Carpenter, where he said, you know, we just take our, take our joy where we can enjoy game by game and, you know, enjoy watching these young guys. Maybe some of them will, will turn out to be, you know, a big piece of the puzzle in future years, but you know, we just, as a fan base, probably need to recalibrate our expectations this year to something closer to last year than something closer to what we saw in the decade prior.
2: Yeah. Just to touch on that Bob interview. Great interview, by the way, if you haven't listened, it was awesome. Yeah. Go back and listen to it. It was like three episodes ago or so. Um, But I posted the soundbite of his message to Nats fans on Twitter and it wasn't like the overwhelming response, but a couple of responses were like, well, that's not very positive. Why should I? And I'm like, are you listening to the message? <laughs> like if anything, it was Bob's, very positive. Bob's being realistic, which yeah. you know was one of my critiques of him, you know, just as a viewer hearing him commentate was like he was almost too positive at times. Like he wasn't being realistic enough about a how many games did we win? Like 59 games.
3: 55 last year.
2: Yeah, 55 win team. Like You know, yes, try to find some positives. You don't want to be overly negative, and we're certainly not trying to be anymore, at least, either. But like he was being very realistic, saying, like, hey, this probably isn't gonna be a good year, but you know, take take your joy where you can get it, because there there will be some throughout the year. It's not gonna be like own 162. Although it might feel like it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, and also that, you know, it, we had, we saw through the pandemic, we like, it's not having baseball sucks. So even, you know, not stellar baseball is better than not having baseball. So
2: yeah. Like I was talking to Ryan, um, about this and Amanda, I'm sure you're going to opening day as well, but like, mm-hmm. I'm excited to go to opening day. And I like part of me, just a small part of me. is like, damn, I hate that. I'm excited. Like, I don't want them to like reap the benefit of my excitement for like the, <laughs> the, the moves or the lack thereof they've made the past couple of years but
3: it's impossible it's impossible not to be excited and and frankly I bitch and kvetch with the best of them about this team because I love this team but when it comes right down to it like sitting at Nats Park on a sunny day watching a baseball game is still the best thing
2: oh yeah it, it's it's good vibes I mean even though Nats Park is kind of a dump <laughs> It's still good vibes. It's a good time, good people. Um, unless, you know, you're the usher in section one thirteen or whatever that was that <laughs> yells at people for standing during a playoff game. Um, Ryan, I know we we've talked about it a little bit through, you know, our interview episodes and stuff like that. But now that the offseason pretty much has come to a close and now they're shifting towards spring training, just overall thoughts on the Nats and kind of where things stand now.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's a start. You know, I, I really like that they're finally, finally beefing up the minor league staff. They're putting a big emphasis into player development staff, analytical staff, which is really, really good. Um, Grayson Rodriguez, the top pros- – sorry, the, there were two prospect in the Orioles system. Their system's loaded. He's not the number one prospect, was talking about some of the changes the Orioles made and how that was basically a five-year turnaround for them to see any differences when they started – so I think that really put things in the perspective for people to like kind of think about like they're making great moves, but it's going to take five years for those player developments to truly, truly become into their own system and regime. Like we'll see some improvement, which is nice, but once it to be like their lab, basically, that's going to take a little bit. As for the moves, low risk, high to medium reward. I don't really want to use high reward just because it's guys like Don Smith. And- yep. Yep uh guys like that but it was clear they're on the budget the learners in my opinion are checked out i think they've been checked out since this team won in 19 we really need them to sell but for the limited budget i like what they did i like the potential stone garrett i think he has a really good bat oh yeah oh yeah brother (laughs) exactly i like trevor williams he needs um to eat some innings i think he's gonna go well in there because his pitching staff is young his pitching staff is gonna get they're gonna get hit around a lot <laughs> um so they need someone to kind of just be able to throw six innings because i don't think
3: do you think coming off anything. being a long reliever that he's gonna just like slide back into starting role easily no. and it's gonna
4: no
2: it's he'll it's, be it's fine gonna, it's gonna be fun yeah he'll be but, fine but it, it'll be rough for
4: a bit yeah, like they'll probably find like what the happy medium is for what his pitch limit is in games or how many innings. But like even if he can get you five innings consistently or go into the sixth inning, that's a wing because not many guys did that last year. <laughs> no. And I don't I don't really think there's gonna be more doing that this year. But I'm kinda excited, you know, there are a lot of interesting things to look forward to, even though this team is more than likely going to finish in the bottom two of records. Probably going to lose 100 games again. This roster is not very good. The division is absolutely loaded, adding the fact that they have to play everyone now, so that means the Astros, the Yankees, all those great teams in the American League, they're going to beat up on them. So that's going to suck. But there's good things to look forward to. We can watch if Ruiz can tap into his power potential and finally go to the top seven catcher level that he has is Gore's elbow going to hold up? Can Mm -hmm. he reach his ace potential? Did Gray's fastball get a little bit better and he could become a solid three? Does Carter Keyblum still remember what a baseball is? Let's find out. That's going to be exciting. (laughs) How will Abrams and Garcia do up the middle without the shift? Can Abrams, you know, put a little bit more pop into it and plug the gap a little bit more? Is Garcia... Is he going to be the best one on this court? I think he possibly is. There are some things to watch, which is really, really exciting. And add in no expectations. Just sit back and enjoy it. It's going to be miserable at times. But there's going to be a lot of cool storylines to watch for players, which is going to be the only thing that keeps us going.
2: Yeah, don't call us hypocrites if we bitch and moan and complain, because we will. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we definitely will. But yeah. we realize <laughs> we realize the scope uh, uh, of things um, and you know, we'll try our best to enjoy it. But Ron, you made a pretty good point. And this is not something we have to spend too much time on because it'll be the subject of, you know, 75% of our episodes for the next three years or whatever. But like, this is a long rebuild. You know, you'd hope to have some foundational pieces with the guys you have up right now and the guys waiting in the wings, but you don't have any proven foundational pieces at that point. And I hope no one, like gets too upset by me saying that but like abrams garcia ruiz gray you know all those guys are very very unproven still and we hope they prove themselves but none of them are and you know your top prospects your james wood your elijah green your brady house they're all five years away which is to ryan's point what grayson rodriguez said about the orioles Rebuild, which we know was a very long rebuild, too. It took five years to see the changes. So, the good news is guys like Wood Green and everyone in the minors will see the benefits of that, like slowly, but they will at least get to experience and you know that benefit. But it's going to be a long time.
4: If this team can replicate or come close to what the Orioles have done with their position players, (laughs) we're gonna be saying pretty in a couple (laughs) years, baby, because in two years, we're gonna be talking about how the Orioles have the best core position players in the league. Cause that farm is dirty. And Hey, if we can come close to that as a one.
3: <laughs> yeah. And the farm, you know, to be fair, has improved quite a lot over these last couple of years where they've, they've made a lot of trades and, and stocked it up a little bit and it had nowhere to go, but up, but I still think it's barely cracking.
2: three generational players, but yeah. right.
3: It's still barely cracking top 10. And that tells you how bad it was, you know, that you could trade three generational players and still only be barely cracking the top 10 in farm systems but you know you're right it's i think that if if we all just ex- accept the fact that it's going to be you know years not you know a year or two it's going to be more like a 3 to 5 year process most likely you know it, it's i always think as a dc sports fan i think everyone who is a dc sports fan suffered through the wilderness for a long time before the nats and caps got their got their championships mm-hmm. so you, you know these times are hard and it sucks when your team sucks but it it really does in at the end it makes it so sweet when you finally get back to the top of the mountain after you suffered through the worst of it you know so it's gonna be there's gonna be fun stuff to watch I think you pointed out a couple of good storylines to watch Ryan and I'm really intrigued um I love I want to talk to both you guys and get your thoughts on the the two big um kind of lead-wide changes which is the shift ban and the change in the schedule love it yeah I love it too actually I know I'm not usually one who loves rule changes But um, I think that, you know, the way is I'm so curious to see how the shift ban is going to change numbers for some hitters, you know, especially lefties. Like, what are we going to see? What are we going to see and who is going to emerge as a a, a hitter that nobody expected because of the shift ban? It's going to be really cool. I mean, people who really deep dive on the the um, analytics and know, oh, this guy hits into the shift this much. But casual fans don't really follow it at that level. And I think it's going to be a really fun thing to to get to see and the other one is the schedule change which I also love I think you know we've talked about this team's not likely to be the most exciting this year but we're going to get to see teams we never get to see and that's a super cool thing too
4: Yeah, yeah that's what I'm most excited about is the schedule change I can see Otani you can see Trout you can see everyone there's gonna be so many more all-stars coming to yes. DC because, Right,
3: in your city, you can go see them, not just even watch them on TV once in every three or four years. You're gonna actually get to like see them play in person. It's gonna be awesome.
4: It's like remember when, not that long ago when the wizards were atrocious and they would just advertise whoever was coming to city. Was that yesterday. To like yeah, I was not saying that they might, they might they might still do that.
3: Then they blow two 20 point leads this week. I feel like that's no. But no, I know what you mean.
4: Yeah, like it's just gonna be like, oh. They're playing this team? Yeah, I'll, I'll go i I'll go see, you know, Justin Verlander pitch. That'd be pretty cool. Even though the Mets are it's gonna so still pitiful, be a lot. But yeah, it's I'm excited about that. I'm excited about no shift. I absolutely hate the shift. You as a hitter should not be punished for making good contact. You should not be punished for hitting the ball at the middle. You should not be punished for hitting a line drive that would hop in front of the right fielder. It's gone. Praise the Lord.
2: Yeah, like I think for me with the shift, I didn't like it at first, but now I'm over it. Like it was never one of those things I was going to die on the hill that the shift is good for baseball. You know, to Amanda's point about the, you know, universal DH and the strategy with the game, like the shift is active defensive strategy and, you know, pitchers can pitch according to the shift, um, which I liked. But again, now that it's gone, am am I going to miss it? No, not at all. Because K-Bear Wheeze is going to benefit a lot from that. <laughs> like, you know, so I, it's one of those things that in five, ten years, we're not really going to be talking about how th- there used to be a shift. Um, you know, it'll kind of just be like a normal rule of baseball that all feelers have to be on the dirt to start an at-bat or whatever. You know, the X's and O's and the fine details of the rule are. Um, but yeah, the playing the whole league is, is so smart. Um, you know, we, we made the point way, way back, you know, episode two or whatever of half street high heat that baseball is just too regionalized. Um, and mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with, you know, the West coast games, not starting till 10, which makes sense for West coast people, but like for East coast folk like ourselves, it, it's really hard to, to follow, um, and, and, you know, keep up with all the players and all the intricacies that happen throughout the season and, and within a team and whatnot. So at least now we get to see some of those West Coast teams come east and get to know those players and teams a little bit better. And baseball's still going to be regionalized because of all the TV rights and restrictions and blackouts. And that's a whole nother conversation, but oh, it, is, it is at least a good step in the right direction to kind of unify the sport a little bit more and make it more of a national thing, as opposed to oh, I root for this team because they're in my area and I don't really know anybody else.
3: I will say the one thing that you know, and I do like it. I think it's smart marketing, which we bash them for their lousy marketing in MLB a lot, but this is a good marketing tactic. But I I do feel like with the the DH now in both leagues and every team playing every team every year, like the, the uh, there's not really two leagues anymore. I mean, it's more like there's two conferences. So I do think the sort of quirky charm of two separate leagues in baseball is pretty much over at this point, which I do sort of mourn, but I am excited at the opportunity to see every team play each other every year.
2: And I do honestly, we, we've speaking of things we've talked about before, but expansion uh, timely again, Jim Bowden uh, posted his kind of like theoretical expansion and what the reshaped division and leagues or conferences whatever you want to call them would look like and not that that's what it's going to be um but i do think these rule changes to kind of align the the leagues is mm-hmm. sh- like shaping up to add expansion teams sooner rather than later we know a couple cities like nashville really wants one and i think that would be a great fit we know oh, vegas yeah. is going to get one it's just a matter of it's whether or not it's going to be the athletics or an expansion team we know like a city like florida or sorry, City like Orlando in Florida.
3: Downtown France.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um City like Orlando is like vying for a team. They're not gonna get one because Florida baseball, you know,
3: yeah. stinks. I mean, if when but, you see what's happening in Miami, I don't know how you put another team in Florida.
2: Right. And Tampa too. Right. Um so and, and
3: the Braves are good and have been forever. And that right. still they still can't get any traction. Right.
2: So that's just to say, like, you know, viable cities want baseball. And, you know, it's going to be good for baseball to, you know, add expansion teams. And, um, you know, it's going to involve realigning the divisions, which some people might not like, but new rivalries will be formed. It's going to be, I I think the NHL format for realigning the divisions makes a lot of sense. Like you play teams within your region. So we would play in Bowden's um, example, we would play, the Charlotte expansion team, we would play the Pirates, we would play the Orioles. Like that makes sense to me because they're all within the same kind of geographical area. So you can easily build rivalries that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that makes a lot of sense, but I I do think the kind of ironing out rule changes, because we've seen a lot of rule changes over the past couple of years. Normally it's like like one, like if you look at football and football is pretty well established, but they'll like make one tiny tweak To penalties or, you know, add a point of emphasis on something, but there's not really a massive rule change, at least not every season or multiple every off season, but baseball, we've gotten a lot over the past couple of years and presumably we're going to get more. And I do think that's to just iron everything out before they add expansion teams, So we can realign the divisions and, and not be too much of a cluster. You know what? So just a thought.
3: Yeah, it is definitely interesting. There's there's interesting things happening across baseball for sure and getting to getting to see I don't know. For me the shift ban is more the more exciting of the two major changes just because I I think it's going to completely change offense and they've done all these things over the past few years to try to increase offense, increase offense. And I think that banning the shift is going to be more effective than any of the other things they've tried.
2: Yeah. Agree. Um but shifting back to the Nationals obviously the the one big thing and obviously one point I wanted to mention earlier with the the long rebuild that uh, it will be. There's one thing the Nats could do to accelerate it that the Orioles did not. And that's sign big free agents, which we know the Nationals have not shied away from in the past. Like if guys like Abrams and Garcia and Ruiz prove to be good pieces, but obviously there won't be enough with a roster of 26 guys. You know, three guys mm-hmm. won't make that much of a difference, but they can supplement some of the, um, lack of depth areas in the minors like first base or wherever third base, maybe, um, and, and sign guys, sign big name guys that are hitting free agency in the next couple of years and, you know, do the Jason Ware thing all over again that people like to bring up, but that won't even be a possibility as long as the owners ownership situation remains unresolved. Um, we thought they were going to sell. We haven't gotten the angels type announcement that they are pulling this sale right it's still to our knowledge for sale the Nats are but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen not even like a leonsis and monumental buy seems like it's going to happen either so we're probably going to get the learners for at least 2023 if not longer and i agree with ryan they've been checked out for a while and it's really hurting the team and it's just going to prolong this whole thing
3: yeah I mean, it's it's hard to argue with that. I mean, we, we saw for ten years ish what it looked like when they were checked in, and this ain't that,
2: <laughs> right? Like that. Uh, Go ahead, Ryan.
4: So I, I I don't I don't like using this as the excuse, but it appears the whole Masson situation things kind of becoming an issue, and I kind of wonder if the learners did this hoping that MLB would step in and give them a resolution to the Masson situation. And they didn't really have any intention to sell, just so they could finally get that TV money. But the Orioles are running out of courts. <laughs> like eventually, it's going to go to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court's not going to hear it, and then they're done. Um. So this is getting hopefully, hopefully in the spring we're going to get stuff, some, some new answers on this with them selling. Because I think mid March, I think is their next court date, and the Angels family got like the city of Baltimore to say that like. The team can't support its own TV network and they're poor and all this stuff. So hopefully after the March court date, we get a little more you know, clear and like a little more news on the sale because it sucks. I want I want them to sell. I don't like any billionaires, but I don't like the learners. Could be worse situations for owners. We could have the Angelos family. Or thankfully, the Reds owners. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Um, thankfully we <laughs> don't, but I feel like after... The latest round of courts when they're probably going to agree with the Nats again because that's what every single court's done. I feel like that'll give us a little more clear and hopefully, like Ted Leonis will like I don't know leak something through NBC Sports, or like some type of leak, of like what's going on.
2: Matt Wiwchar, baby.
4: Hey, <laughs> Matt Wiwchar, doing doing the Lord's work and hopefully <laughs> yeah. get get something. But yeah, I I think they're going to be on the team for this year, just fine. But it's not know. great. Yeah, yeah. I think you're and, poison between them and Leonis, though. Yeah,
2: sources are confirming that the court date is in March. That's my sources. Please credit me, and if you don't credit me, I'm gonna throw a temper tantrum. So it's my source. <laughs> credit me. I, I,
4: we broke it. Credit us. We broke
2: it. Credit us. Credit us. In every single article, or in reply to every single tweet, saying credit us. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, like into those, I've seen them. You know, less and less often which is good for my mental health, but the, you know, learner defenders, they are still out there, you know, plotting, scheming. um, Like I get it to an extent, but you can't look at the learners over 2020 to 20 to now, you know, the past three years or whatever, and say they're the same learners that we've got from 2012 to 2019. Like it they're night and day. So, like, we have enough of a sample size since the World Series to show that this is not the same behavior from the owners. Yes, it could be worse. I agree. But that doesn't mean we have to accept, you know, what we're getting now because we saw what we could be getting if they were checked in. You know, they initially had a plan to reboot or retool, whatever you want to call it. And they had to fully punt because. They just weren't really getting much help outside of, you know, Rizzo basically. Like I I actually do think Mike Rizzo tried hard and we know the whole Soto saga and I I don't fault him for that. But obviously after everything that happened prior, it doesn't help things. But yeah, basically the ownership ownership situation stinks and it's going to continue to stink until uh, either a minority stake is sold or you know the whole team is sold
3: yeah it's hard to accept but it's true i mean i i think it took me a little while to kind of come around to understand like after the world series win that i just i think that very first year after before the the the, the massacre at the trade deadline um that there was still some hey let's see if we can keep this going but I don't know to me it has felt distinctly different since then and not just different in the sense that the team's not good but different in the sense that it doesn't seem like they have any intention of doing what it takes to make it good and we know they know what it takes to make it good because they were good for a long time so it's just disheartening you know this it, it felt to me when they announced they were they were going to sell it was like yeah i mean they seem like they accomplished what they wanted to let's get some fresh blood in here but it just has dragged on and on and it, it's disheartening to me to know that they're not going to sell it anytime soon because I feel like the fans deserve a better product and they know how to give it to us and they've just decided not to.
4: You know, I, part of me thinks they saw what the Broncos went for. They saw the Suns yes. news, the net, yeah, all the teams that sold. I feel like they're like, we can cash in. And maybe they misread the market and now they're like, they're clearly not getting the bids they want. <laughs> they right. were just—they would have been gone. So part of me kind of feels like they also just misread the market, and they're like, "Well, that's a good point. Might, might as well just wait a little bit."
2: Misread the housing market too, am I right?
4: Um, but <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, like uh, that's a great point, Ryan, and one that I was going to bring up. Like they, the reported asking price was two billion. I think the Mets were at two point four. Um, so. DC is still a big market. It's not top five, but still a big market um, and viable and popular and all that stuff. Um, But the reported bids are coming in at like 1.2. So it wasn't even close. And a lot of that had to do with the mass and situation being unresolved. And, you know, if you're not getting TV revenue, like, you know, that's kind of a big chunk of your revenue. So it's understandable that prospective buyers wouldn't want to pay the full asking price. Uh, But if they're, you know, almost a million dollars off, then this isn't getting resolved for a while.
3: So Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the Masson thing plays into it a lot more even than just the amount of revenue being lost, but the uncertainty, nobody makes a purchase of that magnitude with uncertainty about future revenue and not knowing how that's going to be resolved pretty much makes the team unsellable. Yep. Until And Major League Baseball does need to step in and figure this crap out because it's, it's ridiculous and unprecedented what's going on. And it, I can't believe it's even still going on. <laughs> I can't believe we're still having this conversation in February of 2023. I thought for sure that this would have gotten figured out in court by now or Major League Baseball would have stepped in and put a stop to it in some way. But here we are just, you know, having the same issue, having the same conversation years down the road. And the team is now suffering mightily because of it, and you know that sucks. But it's something that we're just gonna have to deal with until that gets resolved, and who knows when that's gonna happen.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be a minute. That is for sure. Um, all right, let's take a break. Get a word from our sponsors.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
2: All right. So we have an idea. There was an idea. It was my idea. Um, obviously, you know, some of our recurring segments, fair or foul, the good, the bad, and ugly, you know, et cetera. We did trivia last year. So, you know, we thought let's spice things up a little bit. Let's add some fun, some wit, some pizzazz to these episodes especially now that we're making our comeback we're gone for a little bit on hiatus now we're back we gotta you gotta bring something new to the table we can't just come back and pretend like nothing happened like we know this so there was an idea by yours truly kind of inspired by a whose line is it anyways theme slash what do you mean all that stuff so what we're gonna do amanda and ryan are gonna go head to head In a whose line is it anyways, cards against humanity type scoring system. So head to head best of five, we might do all five just to see, you know, who, who's witty. Right. But best of five, it'll be an example of, you know, things you can say about your doctor, but not about the Nats or, you know, things you can say about your significant, your significant other and about the Nats. It'll be kind of that situation. And the best response gets a point. And obviously, best of five wins. So, now that the rules are all squared away, are you guys good? I'm ready. Ready. It's a big moment. Hands are hands are shaking. All right. <laughs> um, since Ryan was the reigning trivia king, we're going to let him go second. But we will alternate each round. So, round one, Amanda will go first. Round two, Ryan will go first, and so on and so forth. But without further ado, the first question. Something you can say while making dinner and about the Nationals. Amanda.
3: Okay. While making dinner and about the Nationals. This is going to taste as bad as it smells.
2: Okay. Okay. Ryan.
4: Man, what is Davey cooking? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I point to Ryan. He sold it better.
3: He did sell it better. He did I got,
2: sell I got it better.
4: another one. I got another
2: one. Okay. Go ahead. Free All right.
3: Beat. Go, go. Yeah, I I think we forgot
4: a few ingredients. (laughs) Oh,
2: that's
3: that's that's even better than the Davy one. That's also good,
2: also good. (laughs) Look look at Ryan coming coming through, making Uh for for Amanda's answer. All right, point to Ryan one zero. Ryan starting off round two. Something you can say about your or something you can say in your hot yoga class and about the nationals.
4: Yeah, I have no idea what they're doing.
3: All right. Um okay. Why do I keep putting in all this sweat and emotional investment for no result?
2: A little bit of a long-winded answer, but I like where Amanda is going. Point to Amanda.
4: I got I got I got more. I got more. Okay. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Ryan. (laughs) Man, whose idea was it to come here?
3: (laughs) Oh, that's good.
4: I got no, I got no, no, I got no, I got no. no. (laughs) You think everyone everyone else is as bored as I am here?
3: Mm, Yeah, I feel like you could use that for any of these answers. Yeah, probably.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. One, one heading into round three, Amanda up first this round, something you can say at your college reunion and about the nationals.
3: Okay. Remember that time we were all full of promise and it all turned into so much disappointment.
4: That was just depressing Ryan. (laughs) I have never seen any of these people before in my life.
3: That's definitely better.
4: Point to Ryan. That was good. That
2: was good. And <laughs> it actually applies because I saw a player today that, or like a name today. I was like, that is, that is a made up name.
3: <laughs> yeah. Or I seriously, am like, I feel like I follow this team close more closely than the average person. And I don't know who some of these people are.
2: <laughs> All right. Ryan with a two to one lead as we enter round four, he can clinch the game with this kicking us off ryan something you can say at your nine to five job and about the nationals
3: man
4: patrick's really screwing us here
3: (laughs) Mm, mine is also corbin themed
1: i got more i got more
3: all right this is at my nine to five job or about the nats i'm just Corbining, collecting my paycheck while providing zero value
2: i feel like that's kind of a tie
4: that's a good pun
2: that, yeah, was good, I, that was a good no, pun. No, that, that was a good pun. But <laughs> both of you are about Corbin, like th- both. But Amanda did say "Corbining," so we officially coined that term. So Amanda yeah, gets credit. The point. Us.
3: Credit <laughs> us.
2: <laughs> yeah, please credit us. It's our source. Wait, I got, more. I, got I got I got
3: go, go ahead, Ryan. All right.
4: God, this manager is an idiot.
3: <laughs> well, there goes our chance at interviewing Davey Martinez.
4: I mean, the manager have been milking our good month all year.
3: Can I see those TPS report. Oh, gosh.
2: All right. Tie ball game. As we enter in the deciding round five, Amanda kicks us off. Something. Oh, wait, I already said that one. Something you can say when you realize you slept through your alarm.
3: And about the Nationals.
2: And about the Nationals.
3: It's okay. No one will notice if I'm not there.
2: <laughs> okay. Ryan. Uh,
4: well, guess I can turn that off now.
3: <laughs> took me a second on that one. That
4: was Damn, <laughs> they're both
2: strong, strong in round five. I...
3: Oh, I think Ryan gets that. I, one. Do, think, yeah, I, I was, do think. I do think. I was. I
4: was gonna say Amanda deserves it.
2: Amanda, you saved your best for last. That's for sure. Yeah,
4: Amanda, that 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 made me laugh. I was that, I was on mute, was, but I, that, I I did laugh. That was good.
2: That was good. <laughs> so this match goes to Ryan three to two. <laughs> At least we lasted all five rounds, though. I was worried there was gonna be a clean sweep for Ryan. I was very concerned that that was going to be yeah. the
3: reality. No, yeah, that's a fun game. I dig it.
2: And obviously, you know, <laughs> we get Monty on. Well, Monty. I did better
3: against Ryan in that than I did in trivia.
2: <laughs> right, so, right. I think you scored as many points in this as you did in nine rounds of trivia. Plus <laughs> it was two, round. right? Yeah. <laughs> the the
4: Corb- The Corbin thing one that was that was a good punt.
2: Yeah, no, that, that, that was, was good.
4: Rare. Respect, words, dude. That was that was great.
2: I'm proud of you, Amanda. <laughs> hey,
3: thanks.
2: <laughs> but yeah, th- that will be. For certain, a recurring segment throughout the year, and I, I already know Monty's chomping at the bit to oh, uh, yeah. not only let him on the pod, but uh, also to participate and go. He's got a uh, strong a pun game. He's going to be. He does at not as good as mine, but he still does. So he deserves <laughs> to have uh, a shot at the. We'll have to come up with a name for the segment because I don't want to call it like the "What do you mean?" segment because I want them to sponsor us before I name a segment after them. So.
5: Oh yeah.
2: Name is being workshop tbd but
3: yeah hit us up on twitter yeah if if you
2: if i reference the recurring segment this is the one i'm talking
3: about the recurring Uh, segment we could just call it that the recurring
2: segment. oh yeah the the recurring segment we'll probably just call it whose line or whatever because that's kind of the same the initial birth of the idea but all right so that pretty much does it for this episode you guys got anything else before we head out yes what's up
4: did you see the nats posted a best of Patrick Corbin highlight video on YouTube? Shut
2: short, up,
3: they did not.
2: Short video.
4: <laughs> it's 43 seconds long.
2: Oh, wonder why they just 43. It end in
3: 2019.
4: <laughs> best best of 2022, 43 seconds long. I still feel like that was too long. He had 31 starts. and They could only find 43 seconds.
3: I uh I actually just feel insulted that they even did that.
2: Like, was it the one start where he went like six innings, gave up three runs? It was like don't it was don't just, piss
3: on my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> like just leave it alone. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't have to do that. That was just wrong. Oh, All right. Well, I have one more thing, which is Trey Turner is a Philly, and it hurts so bad.
4: Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. We we never talked about that. Yeah, I guess we
2: didn't recap the uh, the Nats North saga. No, that it hurts. continues. It hurts
3: me so much. Like Max is the Met, and. Bryce and Trey Turner are Phillies, and I'm just like, why, why, why does the universe hate? Me? <laughs> these are all the these are all the uh, the jerseys I have, by the way. And Soto, who's of course a Padres.
2: Yeah, I think it's just funny. No. Uh, and speaking, I have a
3: Rendon, not too.
2: Speaking of all the the opposing loud fans that have since dwindled down, the uh, Bryce Harper was a cancer, and all the players hated him. Takes, yeah, okay. That's why they're all falling into Philly. <laughs> oh, and if
3: and if you guys listening, if you didn't see the video um on the YouTube channel about stop, please stop booing Bryce Harper. Please go watch that.
2: Yeah, that was that was a a good one by Trey. And watch the video before you reply. Like at least watch the video and understand what we're talking about first.
3: Yeah, there it's science. You can't argue with that. <laughs> Literally
2: science. Literally science. <laughs> um, nothing for me just excited for spring training to start i think i am really i guess fake it till you make it type thing but really getting hyped about some of these young guys even though we won't see a lot of them for a while but um i think i'm really starting to buy into the core and shifting my fandom from expecting to compete to all right let's just try to develop some of these guys so we're not miserable forever so and that's kind of so my...
3: that the misery has an expiration date hopefully
2: <laughs> hopefully uh but who knows
3: well see we're not all negative listen to that the misery has an expiration date one day hopefully that is as hopeful as i have ever heard anything
2: yeah so. it's the same expiration date as like spam or something
4: the same <laughs> expiration date when nick <laughs> kicks the bucket
2: <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that does it for this episode. Be sure to go follow the show on Twitter at Half Street High Heat and follow all of our amazing writers and support staff and video content and all that stuff. And follow Amanda Ryan at a white seven eight seven seven and at We Are All Shack. And you can find me at the Coach Moose. Thank you for listening. It's almost spring training, so in the meantime, let's go Nats.
0: There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals
2: are smashing balls, so that the commentator who has the cause. this past the
0: wall. of we'll Sea. you later. Let's go Nats. We've got a game to play. We're going to win today. Let's